hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 351. And today, I'm going to share with you one of our recent TAS Power Hours, which I never know how these are going to turn out because we just jump on. I say we, it's myself, Dom Sugar, and Chris Schaefer, and we meet once a week on Fridays, and we just happen to do it on a Facebook Live. And a lot of times, it's us just discussing things randomly that were either in the news or that we're working on or that questions that have came in. And then we just start to deep dive into these topics. This week, we're going to talk about the most recent email follow-up disruptance in the in the Amazon space, which uh, a lot of people are uh, a little confused with, honestly. But we're going to dig into that. We're going to also talk about split testing, and it actually turned into a little bit of a debate between Chris and Dom, kind of funny, actually, and then we talk about some uh, sponsored product ad stuff, some pay-per-click as far as, uh, you know, just how to use it properly, but then also when is the right time to use it, what to look for, what data to collect, and, and all of that stuff. We also talk about patents and trademark infringements and a bunch of other random discussions that uh, were also inspired by a lot of the Facebook Live listeners and viewers because we asked questions there. Now, you're going to get most of what we talked about here. I really did just try to give you the meat of it, but if you want to see the entire broadcast, I'm going to embed it into this blog post for this episode, and you can find that by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 351, and you can get the show notes there, the transcripts, and you can also see the video embedded inside of that blog post if you want to see us on camera with all of the shenanigans that are happening and the heated debate by Chris and Dom. Ooh, can't wait for you to see that one. Really kind of funny. Uh, But uh, yeah, so really excited to share this with you. Like I say, I never know where these are going to go, and uh, this one here I think is, is packed with a lot of really great discussion and things that you can take away and uh, and decide to either use or not to use and really custom tailor it to your business and where you are in this journey. Um, I did want to remind you, if you want to attend one of our Facebook Lives that we do on Fridays, generally, we've been doing them on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So definitely make sure that you're around the page or on the page at that time or in the group. We do post it on the fan page and in the, in the TA group. So if you want to get uh, alerted of these, you're definitely going to want to be on Facebook at that time on Fridays. And that's at 2 p.m. Eastern time. If you have any questions, that's the time to get them answered. Like hear that snap, like right on the fly. Like we answer them live and you can actually listen to some of the questions that we answered on this one that I'm going to share with you today. So with all that being said, let's, uh, let's get to it. Let me, uh, turn it over to the TAS Power Hour that we did. I did want to say also that the audio a lot of times isn't the best because we're coming off of a Facebook Live. I still think it's pretty decent, but it's not this quality here. But I think that you guys have gotten value in the past, and that's why I continue to add these when I think that there's, uh, you know, a good episode that is relevant and then also is going to benefit you the most. And uh, a lot of times you can kind of handpick what you want to use or listen to, and uh, that's why I want to Uh, you know, give you guys access to these on the podcast because sometimes you just might not be on Facebook and you'll miss it and I don't want you to miss it. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this power hour, this TAS power hour with my good friends, Dom Sugar and Chris Schaefer. (laughs) 
Yeah, actually, uh, I did want to kind of address the, uh, I, and I want to address it, but I also want to put it to rest, is uh, the the whole uh, update that um, supposedly Amazon has said as far as um, the emails being delivered to our customers and um, what that actually means. If you guys missed last week's uh, Facebook Live, we talked all about that and really what it means. And in a nutshell, it doesn't really change all that much. What it does do is it allows our customers to say that they don't want to receive any more communications um, from us. Okay, so they can opt out. Um, so uh, it's no different than it is if you sign up for my emails, there's going to be an unsubscribe thing on the bottom. Like, that's like a canned spam kind of thing that, you know, they have to enforce. Um, Amazon has never had that really there. Um, now they're allowing um, you to opt out of emails. The problem is, and it's not really a huge problem, but one thing that we have used in the past and we still use it and I'm still using it is more or less like an autoresponder for Amazon uh, messaging. So let's just say, for example, um, I send something out to a customer after they purchase. I can automate that. I use a tool called Salesbacker. There's another one out there called Feedback Genius, and there's a few others. Um, but the thing is, is right now their API, and the API, for you, those of you guys that don't know what that means, it basically just means that that's the connection that they're using to be able to communicate. Okay, um, so what they're what they're doing is they're um, they're allowing us to basically do something on the outside of Amazon and then connect it through an API to actually work inside of our seller's account. That's what they call an API. Their API has not been updated yet to allow us to put people on a certain blacklist or a list of not being able to communicate with. Um, so Amazon has said in, in, their, uh, in their communications with you know people like Salesbacker or Feedback Genius or, or just in their terms yeah. of services, they're still going to allow you to send those emails. They're not going to make it where you can't send emails. They're aware that the API is not communicating. So in the meantime, it's going to be okay. But Salesbacker and Feedback Genius, I believe, they're having, they have like a workaround that you can start building your own little blacklist or your own list that you're not going to be sending to. Chris, do you know exactly how that's working right now? Yeah, so both of them just have a blacklist feature, and and it existed previous to this, where if somebody asked to be unsubscribed manually, you could just blacklist them. Yeah, so that's all that you're gonna have to do, you know, right now. And Amazon is aware. And the one of the greatest things I saw was a screenshot of somebody's communication with Seller Central about this, and it was basically like, yeah, we know that that thing doesn't exist, and so I wouldn't worry too much about it, right? Because it's just like we know that it's not there, uh, and it's going to be. So in the meantime, just you know, keep calm and carry on. So that's kind of been the the reaction that we've had as well. Yeah. So that, that, that's really it in a nutshell. I just wanted to address that. And I wanted to let people know, like, it's not a huge deal. Now, if they had said and came out with, we no longer are, um, we're, we're no longer going to allow you to connect with, uh, you know, your customer, that would have been bigger news. Okay. That's not what we're saying. Okay, or that's not what they're saying. They're saying that they're going to allow your customers to raise their hand and say, don't send me any more messages. Um, and really, the way that I would look at this is like, if you're hitting your customers over the head with emails, shame on you. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, you should be sending them useful, helpful information, or at least making sure that they're, um, that they're getting what they signed up to get. Meaning, did they get you know, the product on time? Did they have any issues with the product? Do they have any questions? Um, 
give them a, a way for them to show how they're using your product or show them other people that have used your product. Like just get them more connected with your brand if you have a product that lends itself to that. Um, so a few questions are coming in, I see. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, can, can you throw a couple of those up there, Chris, and we can address them? Absolutely. Brett says, do we have to blacklist them if we don't want them to get the second message? Yes, you have to <coughs> manually unsubscribe or use the blacklist feature. Eventually, like Scott was saying, Amazon is going to be rolling out uh, a field inside of their API that both SalesBacker and Feedback Genius and some of the other solutions that do emails like CashCow Pro use so that you won't even be sending that first email. But I would be blacklisting them unless you're getting, you know, hundreds a day at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I would at least, you know, put in a good faith effort to blacklist those people. Yep. Really quickly um, on Periscope, I got to address my Periscope peeps. Um, someone was just asking how you can connect over to Facebook Live. Just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy, and that'll take you to the TAS page, the main Facebook page, and it should be pinned at the top. Chris, is it pinned currently? It is pinned to the top of the group, yes. Okay, so the top of the group. If you're on your mobile, you have to expose the pin. It's weird it why they do that. Pin. You have to say show pin. Um, if you're on desktop, it should automatically be there. Um, all right. So thanks, Scott. I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be over there. Um, cool. Um, so, um, all right. Is there any other questions that we had that came in around that? Uh, no, but we do have a whole bunch of people. GC and Gino both said, Dom, you're looking great, man. You look like another Ooh. person. Huge props. It looks like you're using weight. <coughs> GC says, totally agree. Dom looks fantastic. And then, you know, uh, oh, and by the way, Chris and Scott, you guys look great too, but I wanted to get props. You look like you're killing it. Gino, <laughs> we know where you're at. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Saeed says, what's up? Dom is looking good. Scott's putting everybody on a strict diet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's some truth to that, actually. But uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. That's awesome, though, Dom. That's, that's good stuff. People are seeing that uh, you're starting to uh, reach, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. How's that feel, Dom? Not, <laughs> it feels a lot lighter, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, physically, I'm feeling good. It's good. I mean, I'm fighting a cold again. I don't know. This, these winters here never stop. It snowed today again. I mean, it's, it's oh, April man. and it's snowing. doesn't make any sense. But <clears throat> yeah, that, just a change of lifestyle. That's all it is, right? You know? Yeah. Makes we'll, definitely, we'll, we'll definitely be reporting on that soon, but uh, we've got some goals set aside, don't we? We've got some Gino, Gino has an idea. He said you should call it the Amazing Body Podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. Brett says, you know, what if we don't blacklist them? Is there any threats of suspension from Amazon? No, they're not like directly threatening you with suspension right now, but do the good thing. Do the smart thing. Don't put yourself in that situation. Take the 15 minutes today that it's going to take you to blacklist those 10, 15 people that you get that email from. And that's if you're selling hundreds of units a day, right? If you're only selling 10 or 20, you might get one back. Um, you know, in a couple of the brands that that we work in, Scott, I've only seen a handful and we're selling, you know, dozens to hundreds a day in those brands. So it just depends on your your audience. But yeah, take the time to do it. Put in the good faith effort. It takes five minutes to do the whole batch of them. So yeah. just go ahead and do it. And that way you don't have to worry about it if they ever decide to come back and go, oh, you didn't play by the rules when we rolled that thing out, even though we told you it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, Salesbacker just emailed um, too. I was going to pull up that email, but I'm not going to now. It's uh, You're just going to read it. But basically... Um, they 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 tell you exactly what to do. I'll probably do an update of some kind, whether it's video or even just a blog post, um, sharing what they're saying to do. Um, 
with their, you know, their system and their software. Um, but basically it's just what Chris said. It's just putting them on that blacklist. So this way here you can start to separate them. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, Chris, it just kind of came to mind as we were talking about that, um, uh, you know, as far as like, just, you know, not just like the changes, but it's kind of like, you know, when we're, when we're trying to see, and this is off topic of reviews and stuff like that, but, um, it's more about like, you know, if, if you're trying to get reviews, then you're trying to obviously up your conversions for the most part. Right. I mean, that's what people would say is like, if I'm getting more reviews, I'm trying to get better conversions. Um, I want to ask you a question, both of you guys, because this, this question was asked to me and I answered it on an Ascot session, which should air next week, I think. Um, and, um, the question was, um, currently I have 50 sessions a day. Um, and I want to start testing maybe price or maybe images. How many sessions do I need before I think that I've got enough data? What would you say to that, Chris? What would your thoughts on that be? What, and, and that's where I would rely on a tool like Splitly to, to give me that information. Um, and it comes down to two things from a statistical nerdy standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, how, how confident do you want to be in that, in that change? And yeah. what margin of error are you willing to have? Yeah. And so to me, you know, it's going to depend on those two factors. Right. I would like to see hundreds to thousands of sessions mm -hmm. before I, I make that call, because here's the thing you have to keep in mind. It may be statistically relevant at 50 sessions, but it might not be statistically, statistically relevant when you get to 100 or 200 sessions. Yeah. That being said, I would let the data take me where the data takes me, right? If I'm hooking up to something like Splitly and Splitly is saying, you know, you change the images and the images made a huge difference and you see that your conversion rate jumped five times, right? You went from 5% to 25%. I'd roll with it and then test it again in two months or three months and yep. see if that makes a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. Um, here was my answer in a nutshell, not to go into the entire detail of it, but 50 sessions is, is a, it's, it's okay. You know, it's 50 sessions, but I would say at least a thousand sessions you want and you want those sessions spread out over at least 14 days. So you don't want to just go for like three days and then say, Oh, I wonder what it is because Monday might be different than Friday. You know, you have different times of the week that you have more sales or you have more traffic or different quality, you know, different quality of traffic or different times. I know Dom, you play around with pay-per-click depending on if it's morning, you know, or night, there's different traffic. There's, there's all of that stuff. So, um, if you're getting 50 sessions a day, that's a good, that's a good number. I mean, I'd like to see a hundred, but if you're getting, uh, you know, if you're getting 50, um, then you just got to wait, right? So wait 14 days at least. And then at least you've let it run for two weeks, but you want to be alternating back and forth on those. So this way here, you're not just doing it for one week and then switching over and then the other week, because now all of a sudden that, you know, I guess the statistics would say, well, it's not exactly the same because one week is different from the next week. So we have to kind of do it every other day for a while and we have to have enough people seeing it. And it's the same thing like we talk about, like conversions, like if you can just increase your conversions by 1%, if you get 100 sessions, that's an extra sale. Like just from doing something simple, if you get it to 2% extra on top of, and I think he said he was already converting at like 12%. So if we can get him to 14%, now every hundred sessions, he's right, getting every two days. Two. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting two extra sales. Um, so definitely, um, 
definitely do that. If you want to do it yourself, Greg Mercer had actually had, had talked about exactly how you would do this. And it's still not going to be as accurate if you use, as if you used a tool, but you want to do it at the exact same time and you want to do it for a full 24 hours. Um, now, um, he did create some nice resources uh, at, if you just go to the amazingseller.com forward slash splitly, there's actually three, no, yeah, there's three downloads. He actually created a Google um, calculator that will give you some of that data that you can input, you know, input, and then it'll tell you that over time um, if you don't want to use a tool. Um, and then he's got like two guides that actually break down A-B testing. Um, so definitely check that out. It's a free resource. And again, I think running Splitly, even if you did it for 30 days, be well worth it. I would give that a shot. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that because I thought that was an interesting question um, as far as sessions go. Um, and Chris, what does a session mean? Maybe we can kind of address that really quickly for anyone that's brand spanking. Yeah, and that was a question that Brett asked. He said, can we describe sessions? Sessions are a unique person on your listing in whatever the time period it is that you're looking at, right? Yes, so eyeballs. If you're looking at today, it's 30 people, or in this case, 50 people saw the listing. Um, and Scott, just for reference, I ran a really quick AB significance test. Um, now, again, it's going to depend on what the difference between those two things is, but at 50 sessions a day, uh, over 30 days, you could get to 99% certainty. Mm. Um, now again, it's going to depend on what the, what the differences are there, but sure. you know, 50 sessions a day, you know, just from a calculator standpoint, I would I would want to see that run at least three to four weeks then. Yep. Um, just based on that quick math. And I'm sure my college stats professor is having a heart attack because I'm describing statistical significance right now, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where we, we need at least three to four weeks of data at that level yeah. versus something where we could say, okay, you know, we get 20,000 sessions per day. Mm. That becomes statistically relevant a lot faster. Does that make sense? Right. Right. But I think that's a good point. So if you had 20,000, you could say, well, I could get my results in a day. No, but the longer you let that run, yes. Just like with anything else, the longer you let it run, the more valid it's going to be. So yes. there's always a minimum threshold for whether it's valid or not. Yeah, because even if you got 20,000 sessions a day, you'd still want to see what it did over seven days or 14 days because you got different types of traffic. You have different types of you know days and maybe more people go and put stuff in their cart on Monday, but they check out on Wednesday. Who knows? You know, There's a whole bunch of different factors that come into that mix. And the, the other thing to keep in mind is when you cut it off too early, and this happens all the time, I see this on the, the non-Amazon side of the stuff that we work in, people will run a split test on their website, Scott, mm -hmm. and they'll change like the color of the button from red to blue or something, which is a ridiculous mm -hmm. split test. But anyway, you know, they'll see that in the first week that it's outperforming by 15%, the other one, they'll go, I'm going to change that. Yeah. Well, no, it's because people that have been to your site before saw a blue button where it used to be green and they clicked on it because they're interested. If mm -hmm. you let it run for the full 30 days, it turns out it actually performs worse. So you yeah. got to let it run for that amount of time to make sure that you're getting accurate data. Um, Chris, do you have any quick questions that came up through uh, through the chat that we can maybe address right now? Yeah, Saeed says, I have a question about software that's using BSR and the 999 trick to determine the listing's daily sales. Aren't these data insufficient anymore because some categories limit sales per transaction? So let me start with that. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah. The 999 trick, even if you could only get it on 70% of listings to work, it's still going to give you a big enough data set to start to make those inferences. The other thing is something like a Jungle Scout utilizes BSR for that. Now, mm -hmm. in the web app, they also do some real-time inventory tracking, I believe, uh, where they're using the 999 trick to calculate all of that. But if you're just looking at BSR you ha and you have a large enough data set, like 
Jungle Scout has years worth of BSR data now. Yeah. They don't need the 999 trick to understand where that falls on the curve of sales. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, totally. And that's that's one of the reasons that I am a Jungle Scout fan because they're using their algorithm based on the data they've gathered, not just over, you know, what is it right now, but what has this BSR meant over the last year, two years, three mm-hmm. years yeah. consistently. And that data just gets more and more accurate over time. Dave says, how long would you leave a listing without sales before using ads to drive traffic? Or would you launch ads immediately? Dom, what are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you don't do any ads at all. You would let it run forever. I mean, that's what you're here for. <laughs> no, of course. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, that's, don't, not, Dom. Did, that's not the Dom that I know. <laughs> he's got, that's he's good. got pay-per-click running before the listings even live. If he could, I'm doing pay-per-click right now on retail arm. No, I'm not even doing that. <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, this is the only way you can survive pretty much with, especially if you're in a competitive uh, market. Now, if you don't want to do giveaways, product, yeah, but forget you, about the competitive you know, market right now. Yeah. Not. I mean, we're, we, we've got a product that just recently launched. You know it very well. And you just did pay-per-click. You didn't do any re- really giveaways. We had no reviews. And you started running it. And it's selling out every time. I, we, haven't, we haven't not given out a product in a year now since the change. What is that? Eight months. Not one. I'm not, not even friends, family, nothing. It's all been PPC and low entry point. That's just, and it's working. I've worked with lots of people. If it was just our stuff working. And then I'd say, okay, maybe we fluked out because we know how to pick products. But there's a lot of people that I've helped with, you know, same thing, the low entry point. Again, it doesn't work if you're in a competitive market because you're going to have to spend lots of money on PPC. You're going to get clicked a million times at a dollar. So, yeah, you have to put PPC on right away. You know, it's just a way you're never going to get like how are you going to get to the first page? That's the only way you can get to the first page, you know, is by having your thick PPC. So, yeah, for sure. It's integral. The days of waiting. I don't think you have to wait anymore. If you got a good product and you did your research and, you know, and that's the same thing when you run out of stock. It's exactly the same thing. If you run out of stock, you're going to have to fight your way back. Obviously, your ranking is going to move up a lot quicker, but you'll need to do PPC and then figure out where you're comfortable with that, how much you want to wait until you get to break even or just a little bit of loss. And then, you know, every day, trigger it down. I mean, for me, that's more essential than, I mean, I know you guys just talked about sessions and nobody asked my opinion, which is fine because I really don't have an opinion on it because I don't have time to worry about those. <laughs> if you have one product, you can worry about sessions. For those guys out there that have 20, 30, 40 products, you don't have time to look at every one and see how many sessions so you can get 1% more sales. Just keep releasing new products. That's an idea. You'll get lots yeah. of sales that way. I'm, I'm going to violently disagree with you. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. And, and, and it's just, it comes from the data nerd side of me. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If you take five minutes to talk to your graphics guy and say, make yeah. me a different image for this. Sure. Right? Or, or you have, you know, your, whoever writes the copy for your listings, yeah. write an alternate title. That 1% change over 100 sessions is an additional sale a day on that unit. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot. Until you remember that you have 50 SKUs where you can take that lesson that you learned and test it on those and see if your sales go up. So now yeah. you're talking 50 extra sales a day. Is 50 extra sales a day worth the five minutes it takes to set up that test and let it run? If I had somebody doing it for me, yes. For me to do it manually in my team right now, no. We're too concentrated on releasing, working on PPC, getting that algorithm going. You know, you know. So, again. So when you release a new product, you're shooting to get 50. Let's say you have 50 SKUs right now. You know that when you release that new product, you're going to get 50 SKU or 50 additional sales a day. 
Whereas if you improved your conversion rate, you could do that and it runs in the background while you're doing the other stuff. Do you understand? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be in the first few months anyways, because you're not going to, unless you got a really awesome product, you're not going to start selling 30, 40 a day. So it's gonna, you're going to go from one to three to five to seven. So it's going to take you months before you can get yourself moving. And then if you want to play with it, in between that time, I can just, again, everyone does it differently. I, I understand guys want to look at that. I just never been a proponent. Maybe because I have lots of things going on and we're working on so many brands together and so many items. And, you know, my goal is to launch two to three products a month. So, and, that, and that's where, that, that's where I think that the, the um, collaboration amongst us is a really good mix because yeah. you don't have that. Chris loves that. Yeah, sure. Right? If he wants to spend all day and do the sessions, go ahead. Do well, it. And then, here's the deal with that. Then, it doesn't take all day. And, but no, then it turns around and says, Dom, we just got an extra 25 sales because yeah. of that. You're like, awesome, man. I, Shut I, up I, and keep doing it. Why are you uh, talking to me? <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never had one person say to me, no matter what change you do and all the years I've been doing it, say, hey, we were doing 12 a day. Now we're doing 25 a day because we changed the picture. Not one person said that to me. But you're not, you you're not looking for that increase. I, what I, you're I, looking I get for that. is the lesson. So you're saying, okay, here's what we changed. Now let's apply that change to maybe one other listing. It takes you 10 minutes to make the change. One time, you let something like Splitly run it automated for you. And then 30 days from now, you take another 10 minutes and you go, it worked, it didn't work. Yeah. You can I, then roll that out across your other 30 products. Sure. So those two sales a day turn into 60. So then I got to take those, 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 all the products, take my graphic designer off what he's doing, pictures, the five, six images times four product. Hey, can you stop and do these new pictures just for these other hundred products? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I, I get. No, you get another graphic designer. Yeah, sure. Okay, then. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not trying to be the, the bad advocate for for watching. No, no, no. no. And I, 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 I think that's fine. Awesome way. If you if you have got time to do that, you're not launching enough products. Is what I'm telling you. You got to be out to don't like. Uh, who cares? I'd rather have ten products selling twenty five a day than trying to raise the other twenty five to one extra a day. That's but just that's, my thing. That's again. the other thing. That's the other thing, Dom. That data that you're collecting helps you more intelligently launch the yeah. new products. So I, I get I get that it's an extra step and that it's not something that's in your workflow. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to implement it. I'm just no. playing devil's advocate because no, I get it. For, if you're launching three products a month, what are you shooting for on those three products? Like what's your sales floor on that? Is it well, 10, by 10 by one? Yeah, yeah, that's that's standard. And about, okay, you, so if you launch way above that, if you launch three products in a month, yeah, you're shooting for 30 additional sales per day. Right. <laughs> right. Every month. That's what you're that's what you're trying to add to your bottom line. If you took 10 minutes on the first day of the month, you could potentially make that improvement. I get it. With with no other additional work. You got to do those three products take you to 60 new sales that month. And go back and look for new uh, keywords. Go back and do funnels so you can get people to on a list. Go back and get But your, all of your, that your stuff return. You know what I'm saying? Like it's endless. You could just do all everything. of that other stuff is a ton more work and yet that will add exponentially. The small tests and tweaks that you make are going to add on, you know, on average a few percentage points, but a few percentage points across 30 products is 60 sales, right? But the thing is, but the thing is though, too, is like, Dom, like not everyone can launch three products a month. No, I get that. I'm not saying for everybody. I'm just telling you. And honestly, and honestly, I mean, I know what you got going on and you've got way more than just products. So the thing is, you're trying to do all of that and we're going to be able to come in and, and help with that. And it's funny, Megan said she feels like three of her uncles are in there fighting around a, <laughs> or fighting around the campfire or something. Oh, this is good. This is uh, a good this is good well, stuff. That, that's what the show is about. Here, no, can't all agree. This is how we would be if you weren't even listening right now. This is the beauty <laughs> yeah. of it, right? Yeah. 
is Dom's going to Dom's going to be Dom. He's going to be aggressive. We're going to try to hone him in. Chris and I are usually pretty much on the same page, not always. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to just we're going to have to team up on Dom and hold him down and say, "Listen, how about this? We'll get the extra sales and then we'll let you know what we did." Yeah. And uh, and you don't have to worry about it. And that that's the type of that's exactly. That's where that's I'm at. It's a good deal, point. right? In my yeah, sure. It's the same that's thing a good that deal. That's why I'm working with you guys. Exactly. You want to take exactly. the stuff and do. You want to do all the funnels for for our, our brand. Go ahead. Yep. I don't have time to do it. I don't even know how to connect them yet. You know. It doesn't exactly. matter how many, you know, how many TAS meetups I go to. You know, I've known the basics, but I haven't. You guys do it. That's your thing. Yep. You know. You want me to find product and find catchy names and look for niche markets and. Oh, he loves doing names too. That. By the way. No, like Dom loves names. I mean, Dom, we should, we should just do it. We should do that. Like maybe like for like 10 minutes on one of these, we should have people send in like a brand name and have you just go crazy with like all of these different taglines. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be interesting. No, I, I mean, Chris, I'm not dead. I'm not, you know, I don't want to take away from anything. You're right. It's, it's definitely an implement. I just think with when you have one product to two, I know what you're saying. Great. When you have 60 product, hundred product, it's even better. But there's so many things you got to learn hard. and get the pro. I would think PPC would be your number one thing. Once you got that down packed, then you start moving to other stuff. Because mm -hmm. PPC well, is basically your bread and butter at the beginning. That you know? I think if is you the don't thing, know PPC, like I'm just gonna keep yelling over you, I guess, because uh, <laughs> I I don't possess the ability to shut up. That's the thing I think that you're missing. Like PPC, like split testing is more of a set and forget thing. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to say that because you do have to like look at the data, right? Yeah. But PBC, you're going to be tuning a little more unless you're getting hundreds of sessions a day. You're going to be tuning that a little more and yeah. it takes more work because Way you're not work. just saying it works or it didn't. You're doing that a thousand times over a thousand different search terms, right? With a split test, you're saying yes or no. Mm -hmm. And it's one listing, one test at a time, right? So you're just like, it worked. Awesome. Now I'm going to do this on the other 30 yeah. and you know, we'll, we'll add so, 30 sales a day to the bottom line. So my thing to you, Chris, is in, so when we launch a product, should we already have two pictures ready and two titles ready so we can just intertwine them? Is that a good strategy? Technically, or, yeah, I, that would be a great strategy because while the gra but why the graphic designers there, Chris? I think that's a yeah. great idea. And that's that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say no. don't you don't necessarily need to set the split test up from the beginning. No, but you can get you know when you have your person create the listing, have them write two different sets of bullet points, have them write two different titles, get mm -hmm. two different versions of the images, yeah. and then you're not adding Dom. Then you aren't adding time you know, as you're doing those tests, it's just, here's the other version that we want to try. So once you yeah. set up and you get that baseline, which w with what you think is going to be the best mm -hmm. then you can test against it. But honestly, the, really the main things that you're going to be testing is image and title, title and it. price. Yeah. Like that's really all you're going to really be bullets. Eh, I would say the only thing I would test with bullets is the main thing on the first two Versus having two other different things on the top of the of there because that's really as far as people are going to read, right? Your enhanced content, that's another thing. Maybe you change out two different templates, but your main driver is going to be price, higher, lower. And I'm, I'm experiencing that still since the last Facebook Live that we've had. I still have increased sales with raising my price $2 per unit. Um, Syed says he got his buy box finally. After we talk. Ignite, baby. Yeah, and he says next is Ignite. Um, guys, if you are at all interested in pay-per-click, you should definitely check out that training that we did. That's that's all set up and ready to go. So if you guys are at that point, I know someone had posted that they're they're new and they're thinking about doing pay-per-click. Um, that's a great resource for you. Um, yeah, Chris just put it up there, theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. Um, definitely check that out. There's, an, there's a uh, special uh, 
sponsored product ads uh, Facebook group too. So you can go check that out once you're uh, once you're using that that software that that tool. They have a, a 30 day free trial on that as well. Um, but yeah, so um, that was fun though. That was a good a good <laughs> argument. I like. That. I got to get Dom's heart rate up. Yeah. How many it's, calories extra did you just burn, Dom? What are you at right now for your what, what are you at for your heart rate? Eighty six. I'm at eighty five. I'm resting at seventy one. It says. All right. I was probably about ninety three by then. This <laughs> <laughs> is a big spike because I'm yelling. Yeah. At you. We, we don't we don't just we don't just focus on the no, conversation. You're not yelling, Chris. This is what we're here for. We, no, if we all like if we agreed for everything, then we'd be like, okay, we're not. These guys don't. They like they're all the same. They're all yeah. thinking the same. And that's why we all have different opinions. We've always been in a different, you grow that different way. Stuff. You know, yeah, um, I, I call this yelling. I mean, you've, you've met my business partner, Joel, right? My wife's Portuguese. Everything's yelling, right? That's a, we have a bumper sticker <laughs> in our car. I'm Portuguese. I'm not yelling. I'm Portuguese. That's what the bumper car is. Nice. So, you know, uh, what do you mean, buddy? <laughs> I bring up Joel because that's the level of like oh, intensity uh, which which we have every conversation, and it gives people heart attacks. Like people walking by, which yeah. <laughs> it's just like this is just how we talk, you know. And that's we're it. trying to get our point across. Ben Fair, changing changing gears midstream here. He says Facebook ads. Do you use it to drive traffic to your Amazon listings? No. I don't drive traffic straight to my Amazon listings from ads. And there's two reasons for that. One, you cannot track it accurately. You can try to give them a promo code in the ad, but if they don't use it, then you can't attribute that sale. It's just a mess. The way that you would use Facebook ads, and we go through the entire thing at the amazingseller.com slash build list, is you drive them to a landing page and you capture their email address. That way you can actually track how well the Facebook ad is converting because you know how many emails you got versus how many people clicked. And then you can start to market to that customer. If you drive them to your Amazon account or your Amazon listing from email, then you're not paying to drive them there. If they don't convert right away, no big deal because you have their email and you can communicate with them and try over and over and over again. Does that make sense at a high level, guys? Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to kill your conversion, right? That's the biggest thing. You're going to get 100 people click on you and not buy one thing. This way here, you're intercepting it with qualified um, leads. Right. At least you're, you're, you're getting right. them more qualified by having them say, I really do want this, and I'm willing to give you a name and email to, to uh, send me the code. Um, that's even, even if you don't get any one sale out of that, which is impossible, you'd still get their emails, yep. which is better than going straight through. To get 100 emails, like you said, you know, people would pay a dollar, two, three dollars before. Now with this system, it's cheap. And... You know, the other thing that to not get too geeky here, because I'm not that technical when it comes to this stuff, but I do I do know a lot about this is and then on that page that you'd be collecting the email address, you'll put a Facebook pixel and then you'll start building an audience inside of Facebook as a custom audience. And then we can retarget that and do all that fun stuff. Um, so, again, not to get too geeky, but you can you can definitely do it better than just driving them straight to Amazon. You do not want to do that. What you do want to do is get them on that email list and then send them send everyone when you're ready to that listing and say, here's your code or here's the discount. We're doing a flash sale today. And then you instantly get, you know, 25 sales maybe or 30 sales or 50 sales or whatever you want. Yeah. Um, Cause at that point you can pretty much regulate, you know, by your list, you kind of know how many people are going to do it and all that stuff. And then like you said to Scott and Chris earlier, like before when we talked, you could also send them to your own stuff and you could also do some associated stuff. stuff oh yeah. After, you know, Amazon. some higher, some yeah. higher end stuff and, 
you know, you might not be carrying golf clubs, but you're, you're selling the golf club covers, but you could send them for ping balls or, oh, yeah. know, or, or, or Callaway like, golf club. Callaway I, just bought a set. I bought a cheap set you know? about 300 bucks for Callaway's, but you know, you know I, I still bought a set, you know, yeah. but if I, if I want, if I was just looking at golf balls and I seen the Callaway, I might've bought through your listing or maybe you sent yeah. me an offer. I don't know. So the affiliation is endless basically, you know, Chris, what else we got? We got some more questions. I seen a bunch popping we in. Got there. A whole bunch to to get. Lauren Toro, guys. She says, "Can you guys discuss a little bit about patent infringement when picking uh -huh. a product?" Scott talked and hinted about an upcoming podcast on the topic, but I'd like to have some understanding of how this works in PL terms. And also, when you make uh, when you're creating your private label product listing, do you make slight changes to do so? So the first thing is, if it's patented, you either need to just avoid that product or you need to talk with a patent attorney and see what changes you could make to it or what that patent actually covers. Um, and if then we had you can somebody here that talked to a patent lawyer lately, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> hey, I sat down and I had one of these. I had a Starbucks coffee with the guy. Um, guy's name is Nate. Um, and I am going to have him on the podcast. He'll probably come on a, on our PLC classroom too and do an expert interview for us. Um, real nice guy. But here's the deal. There's two different things that we have to think about with patents. Number one is the main thing that a lot of people want to know. It's kind of, kind of what Lauren said is like, is, is it something that's already patented so I don't violate it? Like I don't want to get $30,000 worth of inventory and then find out that I'm violating a patent. Like I do not want to do that. Um, so um, that's the first thing. The very, the simplest way to do this is do a Google search. Just do a Google search for patent on that product. And then from there, you can see. We just recently did this, Chris, in um, in the, the space that we were doing our case study in. And honestly, and we haven't really talked about it. And Dom, I haven't talked to you recently about it. But I'm probably going to stay away from that product now. I mean, they've got a pretty good patent on that one product that we were looking into. And, um, and I looked, I showed it to my guy and, and he was like, you know, yeah, we could probably find some things. And I go, but here's the deal though. Those guys are probably going to come after me, regardless if I make changes, I, I can make all the changes I want. They're probably still going to file a cease and desist. And then they're probably going to file an infringement. And then I'm going to have to take my money and fight it. Right. <clears throat> so that's, that's, and that's exactly where I sit on patents. And Scott, I think you've heard me tell this story in the past, but I used to work in a small business incubator and we had patent attorneys that would come in all the time. And I was, I was having lunch one week with uh, the patent attorneys and there was a guy talking about a multi-million dollar lawsuit, multi-millions in just legal fees to his, his firm and, and other firms about the definition of inside in a patent. Mm -hmm. One company made it and they put widget B inside and the other one put it inside the other way. But the, the language in the patent said inside. And so anything, either of those two pieces inside technically are covered by the patent, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not according to the drawings, but according to, and you know, millions of dollars spent litigating the definition of the word inside. Mm. Just, there's no reason to, unless right. there's a really easy way around it. If they have, you know, a, a decent patent and it's a product you really want to go after, then you can, you can do it. But there's so many other products out there that aren't patented that it's just, honestly, it, it's not worth your time in 90%. So here, here's, here's what I thought. And I actually, I was talking to my son about this because that was something that possibly, um, for those, those of you guys that have watched that case study um, that we go through, 
um, it, we basically expose the market. And then from there, we talk about like we, we eventually want to launch products in there. And we're actually in the process of that right now. Slow process, but we're in the process. And this, this was one of those first products. But now what I thought about Chris and Dom, I said, you know what? Well, maybe what we'll do is we just we won't try to make that product. What we might do is maybe reach out to them, see if we can wholesale the product. Or private label from them. Or private label from them. I think that they would wholesale us because I think that they're already trying to get into retail. Um, so this way here, at least I can still offer it. But then on the back end of that, if I can wholesale it, then I can throw something of my own on the back end of that. So I can sell them something else additionally. Um, the other product that we're looking into, um, we are going to probably move forward with. And I actually got samples coming. Actually, I ordered some samples this morning. Um, and they're going to be definitely easier. It's not patentable. Um, it's, you know, it's just kind of like a substance like that applies to the thing. Um, so it really can't be patented, um, you know, easily at all. And it's, it's just too, it's too abroad. Um, but again, if you just go to Google and, and search for the patent and if you find it like real easy, that might be something that's going to tell you, you know, I probably want to stay away from this thing. Um, but he did say the patent attorney that I met with said, if you want to see exactly what the language means in, in our, you know, language, just scroll to the very bottom and it'll say the, um, the description of the patent and it'll tell you the different elements. And there's usually three different elements. He said, it's usually a plus B plus C, but he said, if, if you want to still go for that product, as long as you don't have all three, if you only have two and you don't have all three, technically it's not the patent. Then you're not going to be violating the patent. Um, so because, just, just to clarify that yeah. in English, because I'm dumb, basically what you're saying is, there's a patent on a garlic press. It needs to have round handles, a square screen, and a removable grate. Yep. And if it has two but not three of those, then it, it usually won't violate the patent. Exactly. Okay. Because because the patent is a a plus b plus c. So right? if it didn't have the removable grate, exactly, then it wouldn't violate. Okay. Exactly. But it could just have the one element in it that that that's what makes that thing so like it could just have that the uh, the handle that's uh, shaped better for your hand and it's special. Well, you're just going to not make one with that kind of handle. That would be an easy one. Um, but again, anytime that you're getting like he also said too, if you have a product that is not going to sell like more than like $50,000 a year or something, probably not worth going after that because you're going to be spending a lot of money in legal fees. Like just 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 don't marry a product. That's what I would say. Do not marry into a product. Because if you do, um, you could, you know, later down the road, if you're not really selling a ton of that, you could be sorry. So you want to do your research up front. And I think the biggest thing, like I told him, I think the biggest thing that, you know, that we need and that, you know, every, anyone that's listening needs is really before we launch, we want to know, is this thing patented? Like, and even if you don't find it on Google, does that mean that it's not patented? No, it just means that it might not be there yet, or maybe it's patent pending. Um, so then you would pay an attorney, usually a couple hundred bucks, two, three hundred bucks, and then they'll do an extensive search. And then from there, they can come back and say, these are some things that could be potentially like it, but it's not 100 percent. So I think you're OK. Um, that's how that would go. So I think that's where a lot of people are going. It's the people that think, well, can I patent this or should I patent this? Um, that's a little bit more involved because now, like he said, 99 percent of the patents that you submit will get declined. They will not get accepted. And it's then it's then it's going back and forth with your attorney to the patent uh, office and figuring out, OK, well, what's going to make ours unique? And then you keep going back and forth. And that's where the money starts to add up, because he told me he's like 400 bucks an hour, like literally. So imagine what that can be. A couple phone calls going to add up quick, especially because um, he charges in 15 minute increments like most attorneys. <laughs> exactly. So, well, that's gonna two phone call costs you 100 bucks. Yeah. 
I was going to say, Scott, for, for I, I'm assuming we're talking about one of the products that you were, we were working on before. So remember, I, I, when I talked to you about that, I said, you know, here, here's kind of an idea. That I said, mm-hmm. maybe we combine two different competitors into one to yep. make it a new element, which you could do because now you're taking two, uh, you know, and, and so that's, that's definitely an option because I mm-hmm. thought that, that, was, that was the big struggling point when I started working with you on, the, mm-hmm. on that. It's like, okay, we already know there's going to be patent on this, but what if we take two and we take the yep. best from the one, best from the two, put it together. And a lot of people do that all the time. Sure. The luggage. They, they take one good part from one luggage. The, that's how they came up with the four wheels instead of just two wheels. Run. One yep. company said, hey, let's make all four instead of two and whatever. My other thing was that, I mean, the, the, the quick giveaway on Amazon is if there's a bunch of people selling that product, there's usually no patents on it. Exactly. That's that's the thing. Uh, I would never trust uh, your China supplier. They'll tell you mm-hmm. anything. They'll be honest, unless you know their supplier. Oh, yo, no, no patent, no patent at all. Sure, yeah. okay, yeah. right, right. And again, if you're the only one that's selling it, only one or two, then there's a chance. And again, we kind of run into that because a lot of stuff we do, we're the only ones. There's only a couple of us doing it, so we're like, okay, is it patent, or maybe they just don't know how to take one part and put it together to make it, you know, mm-hmm. one what one item. So those are just little tidbits to watch out. You know, but most of the stuff on Amazon, you got to be careful. Obviously, if you want to, and it's a brand that you're going to be copying too, guys. Like, you know, I hear so many people, I got it, I got suspended. I got, yeah. I mean, your 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 product looks like the Nike swoosh. Yeah. Or you've got, or it looks like, you know, your product looks like a like like Shrek's face, or it looks like a Mickey, it looks like Mickey Mouse's face. Yeah, right. it's not really Mickey Mouse. Yeah, but it's a likeness of Mickey Mouse. Right. You just can't open up McDowell's and have it's a, a golden arch. A- what was you that know? movie coming to America? Yeah, or? McDowell's, right? Yeah. They had one arc instead of instead of two M's. They had one. That you know, you, you can't do that. So a lot of people then you find out. Oh, you know, they just you have to use common sense. You know, yeah. don't. You if know, you're trying to deliberately deliberately confuse, then that's where you can definitely get in you trouble. Can't, and you it's get called trouble. The, the legal term is called intentional yeah. confusion. Yep. No. <laughs> that's <laughs> trademark. That's trademark. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, you know, if okay. you're doing a curry thing or you're doing a Reebok thing, like you know, you know, any 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 of these type of big companies, don't make it exactly the same. Right. Don't yeah. call your washing machine my tag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, yeah. Even even your company name, guys. Even I mean, one of our best selling products, our main competitor got washed out because all they changed was one one or two letters in their name, so it sounds exactly like the real product. And that's it. They just got shut down. I mean, that's, you know, just like what's his name said in, uh, in, uh, in, oh man, I can't even remember now. Oh, in the wedding singer, we're mm-hmm. reaping all the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, right? actually there's, there, there's a good example of that. And I'm not going to, re- I'm not going to say the name, but if you do yeah. a little bit of research, you'll, you'll find it. But, um, you know, Dr. Oz has always said that he's never put his name on a supplement ever and he never will. Okay. Now he's recommended some different ingredients or this, that, and the other thing, but he never, and there's people out there using Oz in their name Oh, and, and I'm telling, and they're, they're killing it, but man, oh man, I, I mean, there's going to come a time that, yeah, you got to watch all that. We mean, yeah. we got one of our, one of our good friends that I, we met, we talk about, you know, he had a company with the word Intel in his company mm. name. They were after him every day, cease and desist, just yeah. Intel, who would have known, but that's called a federal trademark. They own mm. the word Intel. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the word, I'm going to say it, cozy. Mm-hmm. You know, those things that you they put on beer bottles. The, yeah. uh, you know, all these companies, they own Three Pete, which is owned by Phil Jackson. We've talked about it before. You know, back to back. He you know, owns Johnny, everything. You know, uh, Johnny Football. 
all this type of stuff. They're federal mm-hmm. trademarks, not just a trademark. So you can't use them in anything. So, so, you know, you have to search your name and don't try to be picky, you know, exactly what a stay tag or, you know, you're selling something for, for a bay tag or, you know, a Euring and you're selling stuff for Keurigs. <laughs> you know, you're going to yeah. get cease and desist, uh, you know, right away. The K so, is silent. Hey, Dom, I got a question. I got a question for you. Um, It came in for an Ask Scott session. I answered it. I didn't even answer it. I just gave my opinion. Um, What's your thoughts on this? Someone was trying to get ungated. Okay. They did everything properly, except they might not have split the invoices into three invoices up front and then they requested it. So then they did it later. And then it kind of brought a red flag to their, they're trying to get ungated. So his thought was, um, if I just go and try to do a different product now and start over, but with a different product, and then I get ungated, can I, can I now launch that product that I was trying to get ungated before? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what it works. Chris has already said, yeah, you're getting ungated for the category, not your product in necessity, but I will let you know, they've really cracked down. If you, I like the hands here, the Italian style here. Yeah, look at if you get ungated for a product, you better make sure that you list that product. Even if you don't plan on selling it, just put one or two. I mean, this is really big in the DVD uh, market. A lot of guys are getting manifests and for, and they're not even, if they're, they're not, you know, they're, they might be real or not, but they're not even, you know, listing that stuff. And Amazon's going, well, you just told us you bought 30 of this, 30 of that, but I don't see it listed. You're getting, you know, maybe they bored somebody else's list. That's what's happening. So if you do that, yeah. So once you're on gate in that category, you can list whatever you want. That, that was the that was the main question. And no. he wasn't saying that he was going to do it to try to manipulate it so we can get on gate. No. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I said. I said, I think it's a great strategy if you plan on selling that other product. Yeah. Um, but if you're just doing it as a way to get ungated, you better make sure that you're doing that and then you're going to sell that product. But then also the product that you're trying to get in is legitimately supposed to be in that category. Yeah, because they know they have all your cases there. It's not like yeah. it's hidden. Exactly. It's, you know, it's not like a seven-year record or you know comes off your driver's license seven years or you got bad credit. It's going to be there for, forever. They'll right. just go back and see that you open it. Yeah, if you're going to release that product, you better launch that 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 item. So what he was thinking was there was a product that he was going to launch like later and yeah. he – he could get a test order done in the States. Sure. He was going to do that and then do the split of the, wow. of the invoices and all that stuff. And he thought that that would be an easier way to get ungated rather than keep trying to battle with this one. Yeah. And then once he gets ungated, then he can, yeah. he can launch the, the problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've never heard anybody. I mean, I've heard lots of people, even I worked that got, you know, wouldn't get accepted because they had sent one re- receipt and they just had to put the next three. Another option would be to just go rebuy that stuff again and do two, three more receipts Buy mm-hmm. one on one day, 30 units, Go back a week later, buy another 30 units, and then do that. I think the problem too, though, Dom, I think that the problem too, I I haven't heard of this before. Um, He said that they were having a tough time validating the address of the factory, even though he's seen that the factory was legit. It's been, you know, it's Um, been there for like 15 years. It's got nothing to do with that. They have a a list that they can buy. And that's it. If it's not on that list, they say no. So if you buy your your toys from uh, a liquidation store, they don't want, they don't care. They need to know that you got it from Mattel, Hasbro, or distributor of their stuff. And they have a list. We Nobody knows what the list is. The only thing that I've been told, even by a couple guys, is go by the ASD, you know, by the gift show list. Like, go to ASD, and they'll list you all the vendors, and that's a lot of a lot of those vendors. Are on but again, it's hit and miss. There might be 25 people that sell health and mm-hmm. beauty, and you might pick the one that they don't. So, but okay. at least you get a chance. And there's, there's a lot of chat rooms that kind of talk about that stuff. But that's how you would do it. At least FASD, if nobody looks look it up, it's basically the, it's you know, it's a, it's a sales show that has all the vendors, and you yep. know, apparel, health and so sporting goods, 
And then you're pretty well, because I think that's probably what they do. They just go, okay, uh, GN, GN, GNM uh, supply supplements. Yeah, they're, yeah, no problem. We'll take the, the thing. But again, if they get abused. Yeah, then get they get blacklisted. Yep, yeah, they get blacklisted. Gotcha. Okay, Chris, we got any other questions? Okay, so I'm going to cut it right there. And uh, that was pretty much a wrap up. We did answer some more questions to the live audience, but uh, I just wanted to give you really the meat of the TAS Power Hour and let you guys experience a little bit of what we do there. Like I said, it's totally random. Like we don't plan like a ton when we hop on here. We just kind of have a few things that are on our minds or things that we're working on. And then we kind of dig in and then we also ask live questions and that's kind of how it all kind of takes place. But Hopefully you got some value here. I did want to remind you about the show notes for this episode and the transcripts can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 351. Also want to remind you about upcoming TAS Power Hours. Those are on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So definitely make sure that you're part of our Facebook community over at theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, and uh, enjoy that resource over there in that community because it is It's awesome. I mean, the people inside of that TAS uh, community are always helping each other and constantly learning and sharing and and all of that good stuff. So definitely get yourself connected there. Not to mention you'll be notified of our updates as far as our Facebook lives or any live events that we do, unofficial meetups, all of that stuff can be found there as well. And I did want to remind you guys, if you're brand new to the podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, so you don't miss any of these, any updates that we do here, which we publish Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So this way here, you can make sure that everything is delivered right to your phone. Well, definitely make sure you subscribe to the Amazing Seller Podcast and then also share it with anyone that you think that would get value from it. That would mean a lot and that would be really, really awesome. All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up. I did want to remind you though, if you wanted to check out the video of us, of us goofballs uh, on our Facebook live of this particular one, just go to the show notes and you'll find that it's embedded inside of that blog post. And uh, there is some other questions that we answered at the end. If you wanted to listen to those, those are there as well. All right, guys. So remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now, let's go ahead and listen to that funky beat one more time. I don't know. I really like this beat. You guys like this beat? This is pretty cool. All right. See you guys.